Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. So my name is Brandon Keller. I'm not the pastor. So if you're a guest here today, you're like, what is going on? So anyway, I am so uh, privileged to get to be here today. Pastor Jeff gives gives me this opportunity about once a year or so to come talk to you guys. And so I've been coming to this church for about 13 years now. My wife and I have have been here the whole time. My daughters have grown up in this church uh, from little kids to to practically adults now. And so uh, we just love being here. Uh, As a a point of order, I'm I'm not a pastor. I'm just a guy with a a, a love for a the people here, and so Pastor Jess gives me this opportunity. Uh, I'll go to my normal job tomorrow, just like you will, and so I uh, look forward to talking to you today. So Sunday is my favorite day of the week, though, because I get to come here and be surrounded with friends and family. Um, we moved here from California about 14 years ago, and, and so this has really become our family. Everybody else is, is in California, so this is really kind of our, our family, and we have tons of friends here, and so when I come on Sundays, I just love being around all of you and, and, and just getting to hear about what's going on in your life and shaking your hands and just, and just catching up. In fact, I love being here on Sundays so much, I come back on Sunday nights and I work with our youth group uh, for about another four or five hours a night. And so uh, if you have teenagers and they're not in that youth group, you need to bring them to it. Uh, there's information in your program about that. But I just love being here because what I feel like is that you know, Pastor Jeff talked last week about our lives can be kind of this roller coaster uh, as you have seasons of life that are good versus bad and then good again and then kind of bad again. And what I find is that while our, our lives have that, our, our weeks have that as well. Like during the week, you'll kind of have these highs and lows. And so for me on Sundays, when I leave here on Sunday night, like my spiritual tank is full. Like I feel like, like, loved. I feel blessed. I I feel like I've had great conversations with friends and and just, I feel great when I leave on Sunday night after youth and after spending the day with you guys and then coming back and working with the youth and stuff. But the funny thing is, even though I feel so full, on Monday, if I'm stuck in traffic on I-75 going to work, all of a sudden my spiritual tank kind of starts draining a little bit. Is anybody else like, it, it starts draining a little bit and, and, and maybe, Maybe you work with dumb people. I know some people work with dumb people, and that will kind of drain your spiritual tank if you work with dumb people. And so you just kind of get this thing where you start off on a high on Sunday, and then it kind of just gradually kind of goes down. And so what I found is that as as my spiritual tank drains down, I start to make dumb decisions or unwise decisions about what I should be doing with my life or what I should be doing today or what I just, I just make unwise decisions as my spiritual tank drains down. And so maybe you have that feeling too, where you kind of struggle with kind of keeping that feeling that you have on Sunday throughout the week. And you start to make decisions that maybe decisions you wouldn't have made on Sunday right after the sermon, but you might make that same decision on Saturday because you've made, started to make unwise decisions. And so as I was thinking about how we talk about this, this week and how your week can kind of go, kind of start out good and kind of go bad, it, is, it kind of reminded me of, I, I'm a fan of this great author named John Acuff. He writes some very funny stuff. He's kind of a, a funny guy, but he writes about 
lot about Christians and, and kind of just how we do things. And he talked about there was um, a radio station here in Atlanta that did some weird stuff that he thought was funny, and it kind of relates to what we're talking about. So, booty, God, booty. I feel like sometimes our weeks can go that way, though, right? It's like everything's going great, and they're like, how did I end up here? Right? It's like you've made some unwise decision that kind of has got us there. And so, what I want to talk to you today about is how do we, how do we kind of worship and praise every day so that our life feels a lot like it does on Sunday every day of the week instead of just on Sunday. And so when I started doing some research on how do, how do we get better at this, I, I found a couple of verses that I'm going to share with you today. And the first one was Paul was writing to the church in Romans, and he says this in, in Romans 12.1. He says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And when I came to this church 14 years ago, or 13 years ago, I can't remember now, I'm too old. Um, however old I was, um, I, I wasn't a Christian. And so when they started talking about worship, I didn't know exactly what that meant. And so I started working in the sound booth and, and running uh, lights and sound here at the church and stuff. And I figured out, oh, I know what worship is. That's the third song. That's, they do two songs that are praise songs, and they do a third song, that's the worship song, right? And so, and then I'm like, well, maybe that's not it. Maybe, oh, worship's when you raise your hand during that song. That is worship. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's probably worship. And then it wasn't until years later that I figured out that worship isn't just a song you're listening to or, or, or a motion you do during a song it's really about the decisions you make every day and the lifestyle you live. That is worship and how you live your life. And so as I started to realize that, I started to kind of unpack, okay, am I worshiping God every day through everything I'm doing? And so I found this in, in John, 20, John 4, 23. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. I want you to underline in spirit and truth, because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Because I think that's key. When I start thinking about what does it look like to, to worship in spirit and truth, to do anything in worship, in, in anything in spirit and truth, I think of the word passion. And, and if you have passion for something, I think of that as doing it in spirit and truth. And, and you can be passionate about a ton of stuff, right? And you know if somebody's passionate about it because they will tell you about it, right? I mean, sports teams, we are passionate about our sports. Who here's a Dogs fan? Dogs fan? Yeah. I'm not, but shout out to you. Um, but, but you guys are like passionate about it. Like if, if we meet in the lobby, you're going to tell me how bad they beat Georgia Tech yesterday because you are passionate about it. If you meet somebody that's passionate about politics, you know it, right? And you either want to talk to them or you want to run the other direction, but you know if somebody's passionate about something. There's a joke that if somebody does CrossFit, you'll know it because they'll tell you in the first 10 seconds you meet them because they're passionate about it. If you meet somebody that's, that's a vegan or gluten-free or, or doing the carnivore diet, they will tell you because they are passionate about it. If you are passionate about something, everybody knows it. 
And so, you know, lots of people, and, and most of you, and most of us, call ourselves Christians, but are we passionate about it? Do we worship in spirit and truth on a daily basis? What does that look like to be passionate all during the week, not just on Sundays? And so what does that everyday worship look like? Well, that's what I want to talk to you today about is what does that look like? And so today I'm going to give you three ways that you can worship every day, daily, that you can worship to to make sure you kind of keep that high that you have on a Sunday throughout the week. So this one is first on your outline. It's number one. It says, worship through our thoughts. We can worship through our thoughts. So Paul goes on in Romans 12, 2. We read 12, 1. 12, 2, he goes on and he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You have to let your mind be transformed, your thoughts be transformed in order to kind of understand what this worship looks like every day. And it's so hard because we have all these sources of information and, and stuff coming at us on a daily basis. We have what's on the radio and what's on TV and what's on the internet and what's social media and what our friends are telling us and what people at work are telling us. We have all these sources of information coming at us. It's hard to keep focused. Like, I'm a little not able to focus like squirrel. Like, I, I can't focus very well. And so all these other things, I may be trying to focus on, on what God has planned for me, but other things come in. Like, right now you're trying to focus on this message, but somebody here, somebody's thinking about where we're going for lunch today, right? Like, or maybe I brought up the game earlier. You're thinking about that touchdown pass right now. You're trying to focus, but it's just like other things just kind of come into your head. And so we have to be careful, though, because sometimes those other things that come into our head are ungodly things. And so we have to be careful about some of those inputs that are coming into us because it will change our thoughts. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above everything else, guard your heart. Everything you do comes from it. Not some of the stuff you do. Everything you do comes from your heart. So you have to guard your heart. And I think of guarding my heart, this is what I think of, is that a lot of times when you're going through your day or through your week, people will try to engage with you with something that you don't want to deal with or you don't want to talk about or you don't want to get into debate with, right? They'll bring up a topic and kind of suck you in on a topic. And like, if you've ever been on Twitter, that's all Twitter is, is people trying to suck you into an argument, right? And so you have to be very careful about what you engage in and because we're in this spot in our culture right now where they're pretty much saying you have to pick a side on every topic. You have to pick a side. You you can't be Switzerland. You you have to pick a side on every topic that comes up. You have to be ready to pick a side and debate it completely because that's just where we're at now in society. But what will happen is that your thoughts are great. You're like, oh, Sunday was great. I'm going to focus on what God wants for my life. And and I'm focused on that. I'm looking for opportunities. And and then all of a sudden, somebody engages you with something and your whole thought process changes. And now you have to kind of counter-argue whatever they're telling you or or agree with them and find somebody else to argue with it about or, or whatever it is. So you have to be so careful about 
letting people engage with you about things. So are you getting worked up over stuff that doesn't affect you? Is there stuff going on in your life that you're getting worked up about that is, it, it, it doesn't really mean anything to you? And so you have to be very careful about kind of guarding your thoughts. And so I've come up with a couple different little tricks for me that has helped me, and maybe it'll help you if I share it with you. So one thing I do is that I read my Bible at night, uh, but one of the things I've learned is that I kind of need a little bit of a, a nugget in the morning to kind of get me going through the day. So I use the YouVersion Bible app. Does anybody here use that? It's, it's really handy. Uh, it's great. It even reads to me if I'm too lazy to read. But what I do is I get on there every morning, and there is a, uh, a verse of the day that they always show you on there. And what I do is I just screenshot that verse of the day onto my phone, and I have it in my photo album. And then throughout the day, if I start to realize my mind has gone completely haywire, I can kind of pull out my phone really quick and just pull up that picture and read the verse of the day, and it kind of helps center me again on what that, what's going on that day. And so maybe that's what you need is just a little bit of a, a separate input throughout the day to kind of help bring you back to where you're at. The other thing I had to do was I had to stop listening to talk radio because, man, it was just, it was wigging me out. So I don't, I don't watch the news anymore. I, I may be ignorant, but I'm happy. Um, I, I, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't listen to talk radio anymore because, man, it, I'd realize I'd get home and my wife, Tawny's like, man, why are you so angry? Did you have a bad day at work? I'm like, no, work was great, but I listened to whatever on the way home, and now I'm just like, ah, right? And so I had to change what I was listening to on my 45-minute commute because it was, it was warping my thoughts and changing what I was trying to focus on all day. So now I, I try to listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are kind of teaching podcast stuff, or I listen to other sermons uh, from other pastors I like to listen to that are around the country and stuff. And so I tried to kind of change that focus a little bit because even the music I was listening to can kind of really change my, my thoughts and what I need to focus on. And so think of, think of some ways like that that you can kind of help change and guard your heart this week so that your thoughts will stay on, on God and, and that worship rather than whatever that new thing is that kind of showed up. So I have a next step for you on the back of your connection card. It says, I will guard my heart to keep my thoughts on God. So what can you do this week to kind of guard your heart? Maybe you need to shut off the TV or shut off the radio or, or just change the programming to something a little more uplifting rather than what you're currently doing. So another way we can worship every day is number two on your outline, and it's this. It's we can worship through our words. We can worship through our words. And if there's one thing Pastor Jeff has taught me, it's that our words have weight. How we use our words and an inflection in our voice has weight on people. We can use our words to build people up or completely tear them down. Just with the words we use or even the inflection in our voice. I'm really bad about, like, I always say my spiritual gift is sarcasm. So I have to be very careful about the inflection in my voice, even if I'm not saying something derogatory the way I say it can sound very derogatory because I'm so sarcastic. And so I have to be very careful of that. And so I saw this post on Instagram the other day. It said, kindness is free. Sprinkle that stuff everywhere. Because it doesn't cost you anything to be kind to somebody. And if you can be kind to them through your words, what a difference and an impact you can make on somebody. In the book of James, in James 3.10, it says, 
Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And this is something I struggle with personally because even if you're a friend of mine, in one minute I could be like, dude, that was awesome. Next minute I'm like, you are dumb, right? It's like you, you have to be so careful because you can praise somebody and then curse them at the same time or, or right after that. And so you just have to be really careful about that. And in James 1.26, he says, if you think you're being religious but can't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and everything you do is useless. Everything you've done, all that, all that spiritual capital you've kind of built up or whatever it is, is useless if you can't control your tongue. Your mouth will get you in trouble. I know. I, my mouth gets me in trouble all the time. Just ask my wife or anybody I work with or anybody else around me. So we have to be so careful. And so we have to use our words to build people up. So like I'm great friends with Kristoff here. We work out on, at the gym in the morning and stuff. And so I can use my words to build Kristoff up. Be like, dude, you killed it on Sunday, man. The songs were so good, man. Your singing was good. I, I just felt so, so touched and everything, man. You, you are growing so much as, as, a, as a leader and as a singer, man. I'm so, just so in awe of what you can do. I wish I could do that, right? Or I could say, hey, Kristoff, that was pretty good. Not as good as Danny, but it was pretty good. <laughs> Which one of those is going to help Kristoff more, right? It's like one of those builds him up or... Or maybe, you know, if my wife decides, she's like, hey, right after Christmas, I'm going to start going to the gym. I could be like, honey, that is fantastic. I'm so proud of you. I know, I know that's a big time commitment and you're already busy schedule and I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that. Anything I can do to support you, let me know. Or I could be the dumbest husband alive and be like, it's about time you do something. <laughs> right? Your words have weight. And it's funny how we will be brutally, painfully honest or stupid to our loved ones in our household where we would never say that to a stranger, but we will say incredibly mean things to those that we love. So we have to be careful because our words carry weight. Pastor Jeff talks about those four letters that are so important. I see in you. What do you see in somebody that you need to tell them about, that you see something awesome in them that you need to share with them? And lifting people up and tearing them down also goes for social media. When you, when you go on that rant on social media and you talk about how stupid somebody is, but you never use their name, we all know who you're talking about. Stop pretending that you're like, oh, this is anonymous, but man, this person that I grew up with my whole life and might be my sister, so dumb, right? It's like, just, you don't need to do that on social media in person or gossiping about people. Just your words have weight. Be so careful about that. So the other way you can worship through your words other than building people up is found in Psalms 105.1. It's not like a radio station. Is that K-Rock? I don't know what that is. But anyway, it says, Give thanks to the Lord and pray to him. Tell the nations what he has done. So maybe you don't need to tell the nations what God has done yet, but tell other people what God is doing in your life. Share with people why your life is better because of your relationship with God. What an awesome way to worship throughout the week. When somebody notices something different about you, like, man, your attitude's been a lot better lately. You're like, oh man, it's because I go to this church and I've been serving and it's, man, it's been fantastic. Tell them what God is doing in your life. What a great way to worship every day. 
When somebody notices, tell them why. Or maybe you need to start worshiping through your words by making that first step. Making that first step, which is using your words to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Because maybe your life right now is just straight booty. There is no God at all. You need, you need that God in your life to pull you out of that, that bottom thing. You've been trying to do it yourself for this long. It's not working. You need a relationship with Jesus to help you get above all of that. And so there's a prayer on the bottom of your program called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower. You can use your words in worship today to say that prayer and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And if you decide to do that, there's a, a next step on the back of your connection card. You can check that box that says, I will ask Jesus to save me for the first time. Make that commitment today to change the way you've been doing things because what you've been doing just hasn't been working. So what's the third way that we can, we can worship throughout the week every day for us? And I think that's number three on your outline. It's worship through our actions. We can worship through our actions. Are your actions, are all of your actions for the glory of God? The way you go about your week, is it all for the glory of God? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'll tell you what, on Thursday, I think I ate for the glory of God because, yeah, feel, still feeling that stuffing. I think it's right there. Anyway, um, I mean, whatever you do, are you doing it for the glory of God? Whatever that is. And I feel like for me, serving at this church has taught me what that's like. Because no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm up here speaking with you or I'm, I'm helping out in the lobby or I'm working with the youth upstairs, it just helps my spirit a little bit to kind of know that I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of doing something for somebody else and it helps with that, my actions. So on Sunday nights, I told you that, you know, a lot of times I will, uh, I'll, I'll volunteer with the youth. And so uh, my friend Chandler and I, while the, while the students are in their final group session, Chandler and I will go through and reset all the chairs upstairs uh, between youth and what they need to look like for kids' church the next Sunday because the, the chair layout's different and stuff. And it takes like five or ten minutes. And Chandler and I do it every single week. And, and nobody tells us, hey, you have to do this. This needs to get done. And we don't get paid for it or anything like that. But we know that if we do that, it helps out our family ministry pastor, Chesney, because now she doesn't have to go do that during the week. And it helps out our youth pastor, Tim, because I'd rather him be engaging with students than have to worry about resetting chairs. And so it's one of those jobs that could take, you know, could feel like it takes a half hour. It only takes five or ten minutes, but it's all in the spirit you do the work. And so even if it's something as simple as kind of just resetting chairs, it's all in the spirit in which you do things. How many parents do we have here? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Good. Have you ever asked your child to like, take out the trash, and they give you that, ugh, that little bit of attitude, right? That like, ugh, or maybe you ask them to unload the dishwasher, which literally is the worst job in the house. They give you that little bit of attitude, that just kind of that, ugh, whatever. You're, and you're like, hey, why do you have a bad attitude? You know, I, I, you know you need to help out the family. That's your job. Take out the, we always feel like as parents, we have to like reinforce this whole thing of why they should have a good attitude about taking out the trash or unloading the dishwasher or whatever. 
But it's weird because when we get to work on Monday and our boss asks us to do some mundane task, we're like, ugh. I can't believe they would ask me to sharpen the pencils. We have the exact same attitude we just jumped our kid about on Monday when we get to work. Are we doing everything we can do for the glory of God? Are we, are we doing everything we can do to show our actions, our worship to God? And maybe you don't know how you can serve in this church and you're not serving yet. Your next step would be to take our growth track class. It's a great class we offer on Sundays during the 12 o'clock service. You can go in there and they'll teach you kind of what, what you'd be great at. Maybe it's organizing chairs, maybe it's shaking hands, but figure out what that looks like for you. Figure out how you can kind of make a difference in somebody else. Another big way we can kind of worship through our actions is not doing some certain things. What do we need to stop doing? And that's found in Colossians 3, 5. It says, so put everything evil out of your life. Sexual sin, doing anything immoral, letting sinful thoughts control you, and, sorry, and wanting things that are wrong. And don't keep wanting more and more for yourself, which is the same as worshiping a false god. I want you to underline wanting more and more. Because I feel like that's something that we all struggle with is that selfishness. We just had Black Friday. I'm sure a bunch of you were up at, or maybe you went out at Thanksgiving time at 4 p.m. on Thursday to get a deal because you wanted more and more. You wanted a deal on something. And, and I'm not trying to jump on you about that, but we all struggle with that, that wanting more and more feeling. And so what do you need to stop doing in order to worship God through your actions? Do you need to, do you need to stop talking to certain people on social media? Maybe it's some old flame from high school. Maybe you need to stop going to the bars on Saturday night because you always make the, the bad decision once you're there. What is that thing you need to stop doing with your actions so that you can worship God? And maybe you need to stop wanting more and more. That's something I struggle with is that selfish desire because I think I'm doing good and then all of a sudden my selfish desire makes me make unwise decisions. So what do your actions show about you? Do you have an attitude of gratitude this holiday season that you're happy for what you have or you keep wanting more and more? I want to close with a story. There was an old man walking down the beach and it was kind of mid-afternoon and the beach was pretty deserted and he was walking along, just walking along the shoreline and he saw a figure up ahead and it looked like somebody was like dancing on the beach or something. So he started walking a little bit faster and he caught up to, to whatever this figure was. And it looked like the figure was like squatting down and then standing back up again, squatting down. And he's like, is that guy exercising? What is going on up there? And so he walks a little bit faster and he realizes it's a young man when he catches up to him. And the young man is bending over, picking something up and throwing it in the water. He's like, oh, he's probably just throwing shells in the water or something. So he gets a little bit closer. and He's like, hey, young man, what are you doing there? And the young man says, oh, I was walking along the beach today and the tide's getting ready to go out and it's really hot outside. And I realize there's starfish all along the shore here. And so I'm throwing them back in the water because they will dry up and die if they're stuck here on the beach. And so I'm just throwing them back in the water. And the old man's like, well, that's great. He's like, but Literally, this beach is like two miles long, and there are hundreds of starfish 
along the beach. It's like, you're not going to be able to make a difference across this entire beach, just you throwing some starfish in. And the kid looks at him, bends down, picks up a starfish, looks at it, throws it in the water, says, well, it made a difference for that one. That one. Pastor Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So this week, as you're going through your week and you're figuring out how to worship with your thoughts, how can your change in thoughts affect one person? How can your change in words, your worship through your words, affect one person? What one person could you impact with your words this week in a positive way? As you worship through your actions this week, what one person could you make a difference in their life through a small token of your actions? I want you to think about this week as you think about what difference can I make this week through my actions, through my words, through my thoughts, as you continue to worship throughout the week. God, thank you so much that we have this great church that we can come to to just be built up, to fill our spiritual tank every Sunday. God, I, I know there was somebody here, God, today that made the decision to ask you into their life, God, to go from death to life, just making you their savior today. God, as these, as these people get ready to go through their week, God, and, and through this holiday season, God, I encourage them to just worship through their words, their thoughts, and their actions this week. God, make them realize they can make a difference in just one person, God, it'll all be worth it. To find that one person they can make a difference in. God, be with his people as they go through these holiday season and as they go through their week and just let them, let them, let them have a great week this week. Can you hear me pray? Everybody said, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.